Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman. Well, not exactly. Jacob Seelman is actually at the Chili Bowl all week long doing coverage from there. Uh, So he's out having fun in Tulsa, and we are inside the Race Chaser Media Studios here in Mooresville, North Carolina. My name is Tom Baker, and we are set for a couple of hours of motorsports madness. Pretty exciting evening. I've got Randy Miller uh, in the production studio, capably handling all of the audio-related production chores. We've got Chris Murdoch over there as well, doing all of the video uh, related production chores and next to me for the first good bit of the show is young 18 year old max mclaughlin and max is going to be a rookie this year in the nascar k&m pro series east uh, after uh, running a couple of years on the dirt up north in the northeast where i'm from in the super dirt car big block type cars and of course Those of you who may be listening or watching thinking, I know that name, McLaughlin. Well, Magic Shoes, Mike McLaughlin, uh, again, from the Northeast and grew up racing there and then eventually made his way down south and had a very successful NASCAR career. Max is Mike's son. So a second generation racer joining us for the first good bit of the show. In the second half of the show, we are actually going to be joined by Enzo Fittipaldi. Young Enzo is actually, uh, he was the 2018, is sort of the reigning now, Italian F4 series champion. And of course, following in the footsteps of his uh, iconic grandfather, Emerson, one of the truest gentlemen I have ever met in all of motorsports. And uh, it is going to be a real treat to have Enzo sitting in the studio for a little while. We'll talk um, about the, his style of racing. So we have got a lot of things ahead here for tonight's Motorsports Madness show. Just kind of a light and easy version. Some good conversation with a couple of very young racers who are making their way up the ladder in very different disciplines. So uh, sit back, relax, grab your favorite beverage. Of course, our show being brought to you by... Uh, My Computer Career, Training for a Better Life, and we'll tell you more about My Computer Career. In a little while, we'll be back with Motorsports Madness and Mad Max right around the turn. You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) 
It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Noah Grayson, <laughs> and you're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. We're having fun here inside the Race Chaser Race in the USA studios in Mooresville. My name is Tom Baker. Randy Miller is behind the glass punching audio buttons. Chris Murdoch's over there in the tech shed punching video buttons and uh, doing everything that is required of us to have a good time and put out, we hope, a show that you all enjoy. And with us in the studio this evening is Mad Max McLaughlin to start the show. And Max, as we mentioned in the opening segment, 18 years old and Max living in this uh, greater Charlotte region, we'll say, um, has been spending a lot of his time up north in the central part of New York State, uh, where the super dirt car big blocks are strong. Max uh, now making the transition, finally, to pavement for 2019. Going to be running in the K&N Pro Series East with uh, Hattori Racing. First of all, Max, welcome back to the show. It has been a while since we've had you in the studio. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Thanks for having me. Well, we're happy to have you. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with your background, and I know there will be many in our worldwide audience, um, tell us a little bit about your career, how you got started, and all of that. Well, uh, I started at the famous Millbridge Speedway in Salisbury and racing the outlaw carts. Did that until 2015. Okay. Uh, you know, won the championship there in the open division, and I uh, got the opportunity to try for Nick Hoffman in uh, 2014 and 15, and the, the UMP mods, and you know the Hoffman family pretty much gave me my first break into the full size cars, and um, you know uh, went to drive for Tyler Seary one time in the big block modifieds at Brewerton in yep. 2015, and that race is a big day for my racing career. Going uh, from an outlaw cart which is kind of the equivalent 
in horsepower weight ratio to a 410 sprint car going from that to a big block super dirt car what was that like because that's sort of that feels like in my mind it would be sort of a weird transition uh what it was it was it was a reality check (laughs) it was uh wow this is some power right here uh you know i don't want to say it but you know at the rate you know, the Ray Dowell's race in 2015, and we had a really good year, and I was used to winning. So, uh, you know, the the first year in the Modifieds really uh, hit me hard and uh, kind of came to realization that, man, this isn't as easy as I thought it'd be. And uh, it's taken a, a lot of work to, to get where we're at today, and I'm uh, just really thankful for Al Hankey. Like I said, uh, you know, Tyler Seary gave me my first opportunity in a Modified, and, you know, after that race that night, uh, you know, one of Al Hankey's guys came up to me and asked me to test their car the next day, and that's what led to the last three years of driving full-time for that team. Your father, Mike, started racing in that type of car, the the big block, super dirt car kind of car, many years ago. What was it like for you after kind of establishing your own, starting your own path down here in the in the Outlaw Cards? What was it like for you to go back up north to a place where your father is a household name, and rightfully so. What was it like to go into that environment and and to have? Because I, I know the fans just, you know, received you very warm, and, and your dad was always very popular up there. What was that like for you? Well, it definitely helped because you know half the people hated me because I was <laughs> coming into the series. You know, uh, Matt Shepard had gotten released and that off season and that's the oh, same time that I went I to drive some controversy at HBR. There. Yeah. So everybody that from the outside looking in is why would they hire a 16 year old kid to take over Matt Shepard Dryden? And uh, all the Shepard fans weren't very happy with me, but uh, <laughs> you know, the magic shoes fans, they kind of filled right in and uh, they, they welcomed me. Like you said, it was, it was really cool to see a lot of people coming up and saying, Oh, I watched your dad back in the day. And uh, you know, your dad always stopped and, gave time to his fans and that's really cool to me and um it's just cool to be back there and i definitely had a lot of fun that's all very true um and i can attest to that because your dad started racing when i was still about your age i think somewhere in there um and i can remember many a time getting his autograph whether it was at weed sport or somewhere in the dirt car or you know in oswego once he came to oswego and started racing the supers the modifieds there um just always a always a gentleman and the thing that i understood about your dad even being kind of a younger race fan at that time not even in the media thing i understood about your dad was he was a hustler i mean he he you know used to work on his cars all the time i mean he really he worked very hard to get what he got out of his racing career and i feel like you've been put in that same position and been taught those same values. And I think that's great for someone your age to be able to go back and experience, you know, all of those fans who were so aware of your dad and so appreciative that had to be very special for you. Um, and, and, and in some ways, maybe a little bit of pressure to, to succeed or no. Yeah. Um, it was definitely pressure. You know, a lot of people had their eyes on me. It was, jumping into a big ride at the time you know I um there there was a lot going on and uh you know dad has always made me work for it and every time I've ever been in a race car he's made me work on it and 
you know, as a 15 year old kid, I didn't always want to hear that. I wanted to hear <laughs> with my friends, but sure. um, for where I'm at right now, I can't thank my dad enough for making me work for what I have. And um, I feel like it, it helps me as a driver and it helps me gain respect for the guys that are working on my car now because uh, I'm in the shop every day, helping them as much as I can. Uh, the asphalt cars are all new to me, so I'm leaning on Robert Huffman right now, my crew chief, and probably bugging the hell wow. out of him. Boy, <laughs> he knows yeah. a thing or two about a thing yeah. or two. You know, he yeah. he reminds me of that that guy on uh, the farmer's insurance commercial. You know, we know a thing or two because we've seen a, seen a thing or two. Yeah. He's won a thing or two as a crew chief and, and has been very successful. Um, that has to give you a good feeling going into this new venture for you that you've got Robert, you've got your dad, you've got Mike Grichy, and we'll we'll get to Mike in a minute because I want to talk about the connection that he and your dad had, um, and we'll do that in the next segment. But it's got to give you some some real security knowing that you've got all that experience around you coming into this situation. Yeah, it's it's awesome. You know, uh, Robert and I have been working together for the last week, and he's taught me a lot already. You know, the, the asphalt cars are very new to me. I know the dirt cars like it's, you know, the second nature now, and it's all I've done for the last three years. But, you know, this is a new world to me, and uh, having Robert there has definitely helped a lot. Having my dad working at the shop full-time with me has helped a lot. And it's such an awesome group of people at HRE. And uh, the the most comforting thing is having all that experience and knowing that they want to go out and win. And that's their expect- expectations is to go win. And uh, I, I don't feel like we could be in a, a better position right now in my career. And um, we definitely have their best interest to go win. And that's what we need to do. Let's go. Let's go back a minute and, and kind of hang on the dirt cars for a moment. Um, all kinds of iconic tracks up there with all that history and some of the biggest races in short track motorsports lore, you know, super dirt week, obviously being the King. Um, I'll ask you a couple of questions. The first one is, did you have a favorite track up there of all the tracks that you were running with the dirt cars? Which one did you like the best? Canadagua. The land of legends. Yeah. Okay. Canadagua. Why yeah. Canadagua? Uh, it's where my dad got his first win. And ever since ah. I started racing modifieds, that's the one place I wanted to win a race at. And, uh, you know, I, my first time there, I'm like, this is never going to happen. This, is, <laughs> you know, everybody will probably agree it's the toughest track in the Northeast. It's so slippery and black slick, and it takes a lot of, uh, you know, experience and throttle control to win there. And, um, it's, uh, it was awesome to get my first win there this year, and it was emotional for sure. And Victory Lane, you know, uh, they asked me, you know, how do you feel? And it, it was emotional, you know. It was cool for, to, you know, want to win there for my whole career since I was a kid. I always talked about winning a race at Canadagua. So wow. to to win that over uh, guys like Matt Shepard, Eric Rudolph, Billy Dunn, it was uh, it was an awesome night. Well, definitely uh, a lot a lot going on on a Saturday night at Canandaigua for sure. We're going to continue our conversation with young Max McLaughlin as we move forward with the program. Enzo Fittipaldi coming up later as well. You are listening to or watching Motorsports Madness, and it is presented by mycomputercareer.edu. And we will be back here in just a few more minutes. HMS Motorsport, also a big part of the show. We want to give them a shout-out as well. Back with more in just a moment. 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, presented by HMS Motorsport, training for a better life. HMSmotorsport.edu. You can go there right now and take the free career evaluation test. 
you could become an IT professional in as little as four months with HMS. And we'll tell you more about them a little bit, not with HMS, with uh, mycomputercareer.edu. We'll tell you more about both of our sponsors a little bit later on. We are in studio with Max McLaughlin and have been spending some time talking about his uh, sojourn in the Northeast where he followed in his father's footsteps in the supercar, super dirt car series, big block type cars. Max, we, we talked about your favorite track being Canandaigua, the land of legends and talked about your win in the last segment. Um, talk about your, was there a track that you seem to really struggle with up North? Years. It was, it was weed sport. Uh, you know, we really struggled with weed sport the first couple times, and um, actually, you know, the first race of the year on the Super Dirt Car Series was weed sport to start off the okay. year. Okay. And uh, ran second to Stuart Friesen, which was a complete surprise to us. That's a win. Yeah, we've, we've uh, <laughs> that's like we've a struggled. win. And my car owner owns that track too, so for us to struggle as bad as we did the first two years is uh, didn't really make much sense. So uh, to go there the first race of the year and run second to Stu and Went back there the second race of the year and ran second to Eric Rudolph and had a shot to win both. Just uh, didn't really come through and came up a little bit short. But that was uh, the biggest turning point as far as track-wise this year for us. Well, um, that's a weed sport is a tough track anyway. And again, another legendary track that your team essentially um, has been the most instrumental in bringing back to life and really um, updating the place a lot. It's It's been interesting to see the uh, Jimmy Phelps and, and his group, the turnaround it, at Weedsport and um, certainly a track that um, I'm sure that you came to enjoy running at. And it's just, it's great to see that place thriving. What was it like for you? Did you get to run? You didn't get to run Super Dirt Week on the mile, did you? Not on the mile. No, no came, you ran it in Oswego. Yeah. What was it like to go there and run Super Dirt Week at the Big O? Because there again, another track that your dad made famous, but or, or, or was famous for racing on the asphalt, though not on the dirt. He yeah. never got to do that. I got my first win there, so it was it was really cool track. We've had a lot of success there. Uh, you know, won our prelim night, twenty seventeen, and um, you know probably should have been on the pole. <laughs> we had the pole by half a second with eight cars to go, and wow. the track rubbered up. So wow. <laughs> ended up eighth. Half a second, that, and you that ended one up eight. Yeah, I think it was four-tenths we had the pole by. Wow. And, uh, just hit one of them laps that you don't really know how you did it, but uh, it still didn't hold. But <laughs> that's part of racing, I it guess. It is. But uh, I, I love racing there. I think it's really awesome what they've done and for what they were faced with, with uh, you know losing the mile to go somewhere like that, put dirt on it, and have so much success with it the last, uh, you know, three years has been awesome. Yeah, it really is an interesting um, – the driver's – almost unanimously talk about how it's back to being more of a Saturday night short track sort of race, or it is now a Saturday night short track kind of race, but a huge Saturday night short track kind of race. When you get the car counts, they do. It's it's not an easy race to qualify for number one, but then you got to figure out how to race it. And now what is for, for those of us who watch it, what is the strategy like in that race? How did you attack the race itself? Well, first of all, you try to lock in the top six. You yeah. know, they uh, keep the top six and locked into the feature, and that's your starting position. And for their back, you're fighting like dogs for everybody else that's trying to get in that race. But 
Uh, it's definitely the the best drivers in the Northeast, some of the best drivers in the nation, you know, come yep. out. And Stuart Friesen, uh, Timmy McCready, Matt Shepard's on the top of his game, Eric Rudolph, obviously Larry White, you know, is yeah. uh, killing it at the Chili Bowl right now. And, uh, you know, he's an incredible talent. He won it this year. And, um, you know, the $50,000 paycheck definitely uh, gets everybody hungry. So <laughs> it's, uh, sure it is. it's an awesome race. It's an awesome event. And uh, just really lucky to have – been a part of it for the last three years and uh, ready to go again this year. I was going to say, are you going to try to run that again this year? You're going to be able to with your schedule. That's yeah, we'll, great. We'll, we'll be there. <laughs> well, our Northeast uh, contingent is going to be real excited that, that you'll be back for Super Dirt Week. How many races do you anticipate being able to run with the uh, dirt car this year, given your, your schedule with K&M, which is, I think, somewhere around eight or six or eight races? No, yeah. it's about 15 races. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. haven't gone to the short <laughs> Yeah, I don't know exactly how many races we'll run, but I'm going to run as many, many as I can. You know, I Good. ran around 65 races last year on the you know, big block you know, schedule and definitely not going to run that many. But, you know, the NASCAR stuff is my main focus this year and working full-time in the shop with the guys and just got to make sure we're ready to go on that end before yep. we do any dirt racing. But uh, definitely going to hit a lot. I'd like to run at least 20 races so uh, at least 20 on the dirt and just stay in the seat and make sure i'm ready for the next opportunity that comes now you were telling me before the show we were talking about the dirt car and you were talking about your driving style in the dirt car and you said it took you a while to get in sync with the car to make the car do what you wanted it to do and you talked about driving the car straight a lot why why i mean i'm used to seeing people sling those cars into the corner and of course turn them with a throttle and they but it seems like these newer style cars there is a lot of emphasis on almost driving it more like a pavement car finessing it more rather than hustling it like we used to see with some of the guys what's your view on that well to me when you're driving a car straight you're carrying more momentum you know dad's always taught me to uh you know when you're sideways you're scrubbing speed that's what he's preached to me since I was in the outlaw carts and going up to the ranks and whatever I get in. And, um, you know, the, the good guys that are up front are driving it straight. And that was what took forever for me to figure out. And Matt Shepard always preached to me for the last, you know, three years when he's come over to offer his help. He says, let the car do what it wants to do. You know, don't try to force the car to do anything crazy. Let it do what it wants to do. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? And, <laughs> you know, when it clicked and I started carrying that momentum, you know, like the rest of them do, I'm like, all right, this is, kind of that feeling that he's talking about and um you know he always said follow the right front which is another thing and uh you know that's interesting yeah jimmy phelps has phrase. been a, a big help with you know driving in the slick i've leaned on him a ton and uh you know it's one of those things where it clicks it, it clicks and now i'm praying for a slick racetrack where before <laughs> i was praying for it to rain so um you know it's uh it's definitely a huge help to have those guys in your corner and I feel like I'm a completely different race car driver now from when I left North Carolina. It has to be a blast to be able to be a part of an event, the magnitude of a Super Dirt Week, or even the World Finals, which we run, obviously, down here on the the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. What's it like mentally to prepare yourself for an event of that magnitude? Now, I understand that probably at the World Finals – I don't know how many of you actually go home. There's probably a few of you that do, oh, but, yeah. but it's still a big, big stage. How, how, how does Max prepare himself for a race like that? Is it any different from a 
typical Saturday night short track event? You can't let it be any different, really. Uh, when you start thinking like that, that's when you make mistakes, and you just really have to be calm and kind of just look at it like you need to go do the best you can do and uh, give it your all. And Man, I, I hate bringing this up. <laughs> you know, World Finals, I felt like we had a shot at winning that this year, and I uh, had a problem where we actually ran out of fuel with a couple laps to go. And oh, boy. Running third, but, um, you know, I've set fast time at World Finals, my first World Finals ever, and uh, that was probably the one of the coolest things I've done in, in my career. Yeah, it had to be wild to come come back to your home crowd. Yeah. You know, and, and be able yeah. to perform that well. Yeah, it was cool. At 15 years old, too, to, to be the youngest to ever do that, it was uh, – it was pretty cool. So, uh, you know, those those events definitely have a ton of media following and a ton of, you know, attention towards you. But that's the biggest thing I've learned is you just can't let the pressure get to you and just go out and do what you love to do. And you've started racing. You raced for a little bit here in the in this area, in the Charlotte area, in a uh, an IMCA-style modified um, before you went up to do the, the big block stuff up north. Uh, again, for those in our audience who are familiar with both cars but have never driven either, what's the difference in driving style? How do you approach it? How do you drive differently between one and the other? I mean, obviously, they're very different kinds of cars. Yeah, they're completely different. You know, the uh, UMPs or IMCA modifieds drive a lot like a late model. Um, you know, the four-link suspension, they they jack up a lot. Okay. Um, they're completely different. You know, the independent front suspension, they turn a ton better. Uh, the big blocks have a solid front axle, basically a, a sprint car with a body on it, and we have over 900 horsepower, which is ridiculous and a lot for you know the tracks that we race on. And um, yeah, it teaches you a lot. Throttle control is huge, and you can drive those things with throttle half the time. So it's uh, two completely different animals. 900 horsepower on a slick track. Yeah, that must be an adventure. <laughs> it, it, it definitely is. That's why. Uh, you know, my first time on a slick track, I tried holding it wide open, and I heard that rev limiter. I'm like. What? Uh, I don't get this. <laughs> the New York slick tracks are a Oops. lot different from yeah. the North Carolina slick tracks. I, I bet. I yeah, I can it's imagine like they ice. are. Yeah. Imagine they are. And, and so now you're kind of starting to transition. And I wanted to talk real quick about Mike Grichy, who is a part of Hittori Racing now. Um, your dad actually raced for Mike back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, – Joking about it today, dad was driving for Greechy back in the day, leading at Watkins Glen. Uh, they say he had the race won, and he said, all right, I need to calm down. I We got this. I'll, you know, take it easy. And he ended up missing a shift in the bus stop, spun Oops. out leading. So uh, <laughs> Greechy said today, all right, if you're leading at Watkins Glen this year, you better hit your shifts. <laughs> yeah. It's all about the shift yeah. at Watkins Glen. Yeah, yeah. that's it, it's, it's just funny how it shows how small the racing world is yeah. that all these years later you get to – um, to work with Mike after uh, your dad having so much success with him in um, in the past years. So we're going to uh, spend one more segment with Max just around the turn here, and then we've got Enzo Fittipaldi on deck here at the Race Chaser Race City USA Studios. You are uh, listening to Motorsports Madness, and it is presented by mycomputercareer.edu. Training for a better life. We'll be back in just a few moments. 
Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, Edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High School Driver's Ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm Kaz Grahl and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, presented by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. My name is Tom Baker, and we are talking racing here for a while on Race Chaser Radio. And no matter where you may be watching or listening to us from, we welcome you, and we're happy to have you here. We've actually got uh, a couple of questions for Max in our uh, Facebook chat. Uh, so we'll get to those here first. Uh, first of all, David Mills wants to know, um, I'm sorry, I think it's David Millis wants to know, um, well, he makes a comment about Watkins Glen being the best NASCAR track on the circuit. We won't disagree. Um, wanted to know what's going to be your car number in the K&M Pro Series, Max? Number one. Yeah, number one. How appropriate. Number one. Um, <laughs> so you, and, and Matt Greary also, uh, is with us on the chat and good nice. to have Matt with us as well. I uh, wants to, <laughs> this would be a, I believe this is a setup question. Uh, so I'll, I'll play because I love this stuff. Max, 
Who's your favorite sportsman driver at the Land of Legends? I'd have to say Matt Guiri. Gibbs. Yeah, of course. I go up and watch yeah. that race every week to watch Gibbs come from the back. So. That's <laughs> not what you told me before the show, Matt. Just so no. you know, he gave me a different answer yeah. before we yeah, went on the air. He actually asked who my favorite sportsman driver at Land of Legends was before the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the number one question. Give me a different answer before the show. Um, okay, um, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, your career uh, going forward here. So now we, we're, we're transitioning to the K&M Pro Series East. And, of course, I know you haven't had a lot of time yet, and I don't think you've had any track time with the car at all. Um, what are you anticipating in terms of um, this year? What is a good goal for you this year, do you well, believe? I want to run the best that I can. You know, I don't have any track time in this car. We're going right to New Smyrna for the first race of the year, and um, if they have faith in me, I have faith in them. So that's a firm believer in that, and they're a championship team, so I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that we go win races and uh, hopefully we can have enough success to where we have a shot at the championship at the end of the year. You've got some really fun tracks to look forward to. Um, You were telling me before the show that um, you're really excited about Watkins Glen, which surprised me a little bit just because – you know, you haven't had a lot of time in road courses. So is that why you're excited or is it just because obviously of the connection being up in New York and all of that? Yeah, up in New York, my uh, whole family's there. Matt Guiri will be there. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just really cool track. I've, uh, I love it on the simulator. Dad's won there. Um, it's just got a lot of family history to me too. So it's a track that I've always wanted to race at. I've watched a lot of races at. And uh, it's uh, really exciting for you know, for me to have the opportunity to go do that this year. I'm sure. What other tracks are you looking forward to? Definitely Bristol. Bristol is going to be really cool. Uh, New Hampshire, up in Connecticut, you know, uh, I think it's going to be awesome to be able to, to go up there and, um, you know, battle with some of the guys that uh, have been racing for a long time and, um, you know, go to a lot of prestigious tracks and looking forward to uh, Dover for sure. Dad's one there as well. And, um, you know, I uh, think that, you know, having him behind me and having his knowledge at a lot of these checks that I'm going to is going to be a, a huge help. And having Austin Hills traveling with us this year, and he's going to help us this year. Oh, very nice. And, uh, you know, he's an awesome guy. Really, really lucky to have him as a teammate. And um, I think we'll have good success. Well, it, it you've got all the people around you that – I would think it would take to have that kind of success. Uh, okay, David Millis again. Will Uncle Bob be part of the pit crew? Uncle Bob's coming. He's in. And there Rosie. he is. There you go, David. Uncle, Uncle Dan, Bob's coming. Uncle Dan. Rosie's coming too. So it's uh, it's always been a family deal. All my racing has been, and uh, it's going to be again this year. You're going to have uh, a lot of support, not only from family, but a lot of uh, old friends too of your family, uh, especially with Mike there. I mean, this this really just – couldn't have worked out better for you it it seems like to be in this situation that you're in with this team yeah it couldn't have it's the first place we went to when we came down south to try to find something uh you know with them being the 2018 camping world truck series champions and them having the momentum on their side and for them to take this on out of nowhere it's uh it's it's a really cool feeling that they believe in us enough to start a whole k&n program and to for Mike Grichi to, to put in all the effort to make this happen and uh, all our, our great sponsors, Shiggy Hattori, the team owner, everybody's put in a, a lot of uh, effort to make this happen. And uh, I'm going to give 110%. And my dad and I are both working full-time in the shop to better our program. And we've 
have a ton of good people, awesome people working with us. So uh, it's a great feeling to be able to be here down south racing in the NASCAR ranks, and I'm uh, very excited. Okay, so who does Max McLaughlin look up to in the sport? Who do you look at and say, that's who I want to be like? Obviously, you want to follow in your dad's footsteps, yeah. of course, but currently, more currently, and you know, on different levels if you want. Who, who, does, who do you look up to? You know, obviously, my dad's been that number one guy my whole career. Um, I really like watching Stuart Fries and race. I think he's a really universal, talented driver. He can get in anything and win. Uh, that's kind of my goal as a driver, to be able to go from anything and jump in a, world, a sprint car. That's, he's won a World of Outlaw race, uh, Super Dirt Series. He wins all the time, obviously. And to see him run as good as he has on the pavement in the Truck Series is, is quite amazing and uh, another driver that I, you know, kind of look up to, and Nick Hoffman's always been my favorite race car driver. So, uh, you know, Nick's never gonna, you know, beat that role. He's always gonna be my right. favorite race car driver, and he gave me my first opportunity in racing to drive full size cars. In the modified. So, yeah. So, um, those two guys right there, uh, Stu and Nick, I, I look up to a lot for sure. Now, when you first started running the modified here, I know you were still kind of you were running still the outlaw card as well, I think. And I think you may have done it. Did you do it a time or two after going up north and running the big block? The outlaw card? Uh, uh, yeah. Did you come back to the outlaw a couple times? Yeah. One time, yeah. Now, I, we asked you at the beginning, what was it like to transition up to the big block? What in the world? It, you had to be coming back to the outlaw card. Like, your brain had to be going, I am so confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing we tested the night before because after, you know, I think it was a year of racing the big block full time. I uh, drove Jeremy Burnett's car at Millbridge, yep. and uh, the track was faster than it's ever been. It was ridiculous fast, and we tested the night before, and it took me about 15 laps to get up to my old racing line again. I did not want to run against the wall. Uh, it was like, oh, that's coming up fast. Uh, it's been so long since I did it. I was kind of nervous, and I had to work my way up there for sure, but um, you know, we were turning such fast lap times that night. I think Tanner Gray went out and broke the track record, which I held for two years. Uh, mine was a 9.81. He went out and ran a 9.78, and that was like nobody had seen it. Yeah. And uh, Dad looked at me. He said, well, you ain't beating that. <laughs> Go out and qualify and try that. And we ended up running a 9.5. So wow. Yeah. Was, so you come back in and go, uh, Dad, what was that again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for yeah. your confidence, Dad. I, I think everybody there was kind of surprised by that, including me. Um, I think we ran a 10-0 in practice and to run a 9-5, a 9-5-8, which is now the track record. And I, <laughs> After all the years running there, I never thought that that is even possible. And You had a point to prove. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I had, but I had something to me that night. But you had a little motivation there. Yeah, Dad threw you a gauntlet. Yeah. You can't do that. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was about to say hold my beer, but you're not of age, so it's hold my monster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's kind of how that goes. Okay, so Summer Corrigal in our chat uh, wants to know if you learned anything recently on your transition to asphalt from any NASCAR Cup drivers, which is kind of an interesting question. Are there any of any of the drivers that are kind of in the upper levels that you talk to at all on a regular basis or can kind of glean some advice on some of the tracks from? I know you're going to have Austin Hill with you who's yeah. running for HRE in the trucks, and we talked to him last week on the show. Uh, Kyle Larson was over the other night. We were uh, messing around on the simulator a little bit and 
Fun. Uh, I, I, I'm friends with a couple. Uh, William Byron. He got his wisdom teeth out today, so I Uh-oh. talked to him. That was interesting. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Hope you feel better, William. Yeah, the guys that, you know, have really helped me the most with this whole transition are really the guys in the shop around me. My dad and, uh, you know, Austin Hill is going to be a big help. But, um, you know, there has been a, a lot of help from, you know, the, some of the top guys in NASCAR. Uh, Joey Logano is helping me this year with – um, you know, some of his marketing departments at Clutch, okay. and they're, uh, you know, helping me this year. And uh, Eric Amarola has been a, a really cool factor in this whole deal. And, uh, you know, he's offered his help and his time to uh, wow. put forward, you know, to help me out. So it's really cool to see some of the guys that my dad's helped in the past and have that respect for him enough to come help me. And uh, it's definitely cool to have those guys on your side, and uh, it means a lot. Well, I'm sure it does. I mean, you know, you you grew up here, right, in this area. And it's interesting that you started in an outlaw cart because, um, you know, traditionally, obviously, most drivers or a lot of younger drivers, it's either a go-kart, it's quarter midget, or maybe a bandolero. Um, you started right in the outlaw carts. Do you feel like that actually helped you a little bit because – as you got up to the upper levels of, of that into the open um, class that, you know, the speed and the horsepower to weight ratio that had to prepare you in a way that racing a simple go-kart on dirt or, you know, maybe in a quarter midget necessarily wouldn't have for the faster yeah. big block cars. A hundred percent. I think it was a huge help. You know, you see Jesse Caldwell getting out of a, uh, you know, he's in a Keith Coons midget this week at the chili bowl. Yeah. Never raced anything else in his life. He went and made the prelim a main. And, um, you know, that was really cool. And Keith Coons even commented yesterday, he said that uh, if you're not a believer in outlaw carts yet, you better be because Jesse Caldwell is badass. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what he said. So I think they're a huge learning tool. And uh, I'm looking forward to going back to Millbridge this year while I'm back. Okay. So while we, be, while we still have you here for another couple of minutes, uh, we have a tradition that we've started here on the Motorsports Madness Show in the studio. Um, those of you listening to the show um, obviously can't see this, but we have a wall of fame here. Uh, and we've had several autographs now on the wall of fame. Every driver we have in the studio gets to sign it. So I'm going to hand the Sharpie over to Mad Max. And right yep, go ahead and... Uh, Put your John Hancock there on the wall. There we go. I don't even know what number to put. I got a few. I guess I'll just put one. Put them all if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler Ankrum put his number on it, on his signature. So Max is now signed the wall. Um, So there probably aren't too many studios where you get to do something like that. Not quite. quite. (laughs) But it's just fun for us to, to do that with you guys. And I know that you have had so many people that have been so instrumental for you over the years that it would probably take you 10 minutes or more to thank them all. Yeah. But we'll give you a minute here to give some thank yous. You, well, you know, whoever you want to thank, you've got about a minute and a half here. Yeah, My, my dad, first of all, I've uh, been there since the beginning, uh, everything that I need in racing. He hasn't missed a race since I was 11 years old. So uh, him, Al Hankey, first of all, uh, wouldn't be racing without Al Hankey. You know, he gave me the opportunity when I was 15 years old to go, full-time racing and uh, a big block modified and if it wasn't for him I definitely would not be racing so uh text John off-road my first sponsor ever still with me today on the K&N that's car. awesome um nitro fabrication simpson race products wiener schnitzel hot dogs um <laughs> gotta be careful with yeah. that one <laughs> <laughs> so many good supporters uh shiggy Hattori, everybody at hre horsey mike Ricci, uh 
everybody that's just putting anything into my uh, career and Sumner Corgill for buying the chili bowl tonight so I can go watch it. There you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, uh, there's a lot of uh, key roles that people have played in my career. And uh, I just can't thank everybody enough for, um, you know, giving me the opportunity and, and believing in me to be where I am today. Dirty Dan, the stock car man is in our, uh, in our chat on Facebook. We, uh, we're glad to have that. We appreciate you coming in, Max. It's great to have you back in the studio. And now that you're down here, we'll have to make you more of a semi-regular guest here. And uh, hopefully you get a win early we can come in and celebrate that together i hope so all right uh max mclaughlin will go off on his way to watch the chili bowl tonight <laughs> and uh uh we'll step aside for a moment we will come back we've got enzo fittipaldi coming up in just a few minutes stay with us you're listening to motorsports madness and we will be right back when do you think of a plumber like most people even if it's an emergency you can be confident about who will arrive to help you for quality and reliability count on someone you can trust call on the plumbing services of Hague quality water of maryland plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency we handle all kinds of preventative maintenance too Hague quality water of maryland is family owned here in annapolis since 1993 for a refreshing choice call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high-revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. 
Hi, I'm Chase Cabry, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. Here on Race Chaser Radio, I am Tom Baker, and happy to be with you this evening, along with uh, my cohorts in um, motorsports media here in the Race Chaser studio, Randy Miller behind the glass, punching audio buttons. We got Chris Murdoch over there handling the video stuff capably, and I have a question for all of you. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Have you decided that it's time to make a change? Are you looking for a career that can be very rewarding and you're looking for a career that you can transition into in little to no time? Well, I've got the perfect solution for you. It's called IT. And with mycomputercareer.edu, you can be an IT professional in as little as four months. They have a choice for you. You can either visit one of their seven campuses across the USA or you can go online and you only need a few times a week here on a regular schedule and you can go ahead and become an IT professional. So kind of here's how this works. No kind of about it. Here's how it works. You go to mycomputercareer.edu, mycomputercareer.edu. They'll have a free career evaluation test that will kind of tell you if you want to, if you're kind of a good fit for the IT uh, professional career. It's a great transitional career for you. Obviously, they're, they're gonna be a, it's going to be a need for a long time to come. And here's the cool thing about my computer career. This isn't just education. They do work with hundreds of employers to help you get placed after you get your degree. So mycomputercareer.edu, it, it doesn't matter if you're a math and science person, you can do this. If you want a new career, that's the place to go. Mycomputercareer.edu, you can start your new life as an IT professional in as little as four months. We want to thank all of the folks from My Computer Career. I have been to their campus in Raleigh, North Carolina. I've seen what this is, and I've, I've met the people that teach you, and they do a fantastic job. I actually talked the other day, in fact, to somebody who graduated from there, and they are really, really excited about their new career. So mycomputercareer.edu, we're going to tell you more about this young man next to me, Enzo Fittipaldi. You're going to hear from him right around the turn. Be right back. We're growing like crazy and need account reps who know their way around agencies, the internet, and social media. Got connections? Or do you know how to get to the decision makers? Are you fearless? We need you. Internet radio, or as we call it, wireless mobile radio, is rapidly becoming the place to be with almost limitless income potential. So contact us to get involved with the fastest growing professionally produced group of internet radio stations in the world. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or you can email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's? Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, 
and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it. Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. If you're a gearhead and you just can't get enough of your favorite motorsports on that channel on the cable, or you look at that guy network and you just go, what does that have to do with me? We have the answer. Performance Motorsports Network. Right here on the internet. The best cruising tunes. The best in motorsports programming. And the best shows. We have opinionated hosts. And we like it that way. If you want to get involved. If you want to bench race. Be listening for information coming up soon right here on this channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Your source for motorsports. Hi, I'm NASCAR driver William Byron. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness. And we roll on this with this show. And we now bring in to our studio Enzo Fittipaldi. And for those of you listening and say, I know that name. I've heard that Fittipaldi name. Well, yes. Emerson Fittipaldi is Enzo's grandpa. I'm going to tell a little story about uh, Emerson in a little while here. I had the opportunity of a lifetime to interview him a number of years ago when he was still at the peak of his IndyCar career here. And uh, we'll talk about that a little later. But um, uh, one of two racing grandsons, Enzo, the younger of the two, um, his older brother, Pietro is uh, not in the country at this point. What's he testing over? Where is he right now? I know he's um, testing. He's well. First of all, thanks, thanks, uh, guys, for for having me of here. Of course, um, we're happy to have you. It's uh, great. I'm here in North Carolina, so it's very convenient for me. I I leave on Saturday, um, so it's this kind Saturday. Of, yeah, this Saturday. Oh, glad so. we caught you. <laughs> no, but. Um, my brother actually uh, was had to go back to Europe. Uh, okay. He left January 5th. Um, he went to go do a Formula E test uh, with Jaguar in Marrakesh. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and that was on Sunday, and uh, that ended up going uh, very well. So, um, unfortunately, he can't be here tonight. Uh, hopefully, sometime in the future, maybe next year, we'll, we'll pass to. by again. Yeah, we'd love to have both of you. I think that would be a blast to do that. Um in about a minute, if you can, just quickly summarize your career to date. Like where where did you so, start and kind of where are you now? Very so I quickly. S- I started racing um, when I was four years old. Okay. Uh, I started racing with go-karts. Okay. Um, I raced go-karts from when I was four to 14, uh, winning multiple championships. Uh, when I was 14, I moved up to, to, well, car racing. I also did bandoleros when I was 12 that's uh, right we're gonna talk about that in a minute too. and legend cars and but then after that um i signed with ferrari and uh i raced uh formula four last year 
uh, for the first year was my rookie year and what ended up going very well. Got some podiums and uh, this year I raced F4 again and uh, I finished, I won the championship this year and finished third in the German. So. And we're going to follow up on all of that when we come around the, back around the turn here, back with more of Motorsports Madness here in just a moment, presented by mycomputercareer.edu. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Matt Tift, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, and as Matt Tift alluded to, we are, in fact, airing this show live on the Performance Motorsports Network. You can also hear us live on Spreaker by searching Race Chaser Radio, and there is an, an app for both of those. PMN Radio is that app, and then you have the Spreaker app. Just search Race Chaser Radio in your app store, and, of course, uh, we're also on Sirius XM every Saturday night at 7 Eastern on channel 211. That's the Dan Patrick Show channel uh, on Saturday nights and thrilled to be a part of Sirius. And you can hear the show on a lot of other platforms as well. And we're just uh, really excited about how fast we are growing here and thankful uh, for all of those opportunities. I am Tom Baker. Randy Miller and Chris Murdoch are behind the glass in the tech shed, punching audio and video buttons and keeping us on the air in both senses. I am joined by Enzo Fittipaldi, the grandson of 
uh, someone I consider to be a racing icon, motorsports icon, Emerson Fiddle, Paul Enzo with us for the first time ever. Um, I've known Enzo kind of a while since he was much smaller racing in the Bandolero cars over here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area in the States. Um, talk a little bit about your experiences as you started racing, was there ever a doubt for you from the time that you were aware of what racing was? Was there ever a doubt that you wanted to do it? Well, at first, when I really got the passion for racing, um, was I would go watch my brother race in the go-kart track in, in Homestead, Florida. Um, when he would go racing there, I would go watch him every weekend. Uh, he would race every every weekend, and I would go there, watch. I was like two, three years old, and and uh, slowly, slowly, it started getting into me. And I asked my dad, um, uh, please, uh, let, me, let me try once uh, the, the little go-kart. Because he already had uh, one, one of his sons driving. And uh, to put another one is, is a lot. But I, he put it and I went to drive uh, once and for the first time. And uh, when I first felt the adrenaline and the speed, I, I completely fell in love with it. And since then... Um, yeah, I've pursued my career. So now you started. You said when you were four. Yes, I started uh, with. It's called um, like baby carts, kind of cadet carts. Kid carts, yeah, the cadets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two cycle um, kind of. Not, not really. Uh, was started in road course yeah, racing. Short road and, courses. Um, yep. Yeah, it was just cadet cart with a fifty cc engine. Um, could reach some some like 40 miles an hour 50 miles an hour so it was quite fun and uh i actually ended up doing um a race in italy when i was five wow uh, they used to they had championships for these cadet carts and um it ended up going very well there i, I had actually gotten my first pole position and win and yeah uh, in italy in italy yeah at five at five yeah wow so. that must have been that for a five-year-old i don't know i'm sure you remember at least some about it, it had to be like almost sensory overload. First of all, you're in Italy at five. Second of all, you're doing this big championship race, and then you win the thing. Was yeah. that your first win? That was my first win. Wow. So, yeah, it was very – That's awesome. And it was amazing because, I mean, um, of course, we're all kids racing, and we're <laughs> like five, six years old, and uh, there's like 40 carts of these cadet, cadet carts, yep. and it was a, a big grid, and – I mean, from then on, really, always really enjoyed it. And uh, that's when I really started my karting career from 4 to 14. Now, how competitive in those early years? Because I know now you, you're kind of doing your, each doing your own thing. But how competitive were you and your brother in the early years of the karts in terms of kind of wanting to outdo each other? I know you're, were you ever, did you ever race together? Or he was he just far enough ahead of you where you... Well, he's five years older than me. Yeah, so um, you weren't so, in the same classes. Yeah, so it's difficult to... But there's still that sense of, I want to win more than you kind of thing, right? Or of was course. that? I mean, racing is racing. Uh, when you're on track, <laughs> there's no brothers. There's nothing. Uh, there's no friends. It's uh, it's competition. Yeah. And uh, when you go on track, you go all out. So for sure, there was once uh, we actually did a, a race in Palm Beach, Florida. Okay. And uh, my brother was... Uh, was with a for, it was like an easy cart uh, engine um, yeah. and I was with uh, with a Rotax engine and uh, at the end of the lap I would do like the same lap times and they ended up uh, putting these groups together okay. and uh, me and my brother we started on the front row and uh, 
we crashed in turn one, me and him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh so no. That, that wasn't good. And from then on, we never, we never raced against each other. <laughs> that was it, right? <laughs> one time, crash so, a lap one, turn one. Yeah. It's it. It's, it's over. Done. It's done. Wow. That's funny. But um, no, I would definitely love to race with my brother in the future. Uh, in the form, uh, it would be also a dream of mine to, to be in the same team as my brother in the Formula One team and race against him and fight for wins and things like this so Haas folks are you listening are you paying attention to this um yeah I mean obviously your brother has had some amazing opportunities in the last you know year or so um well really his whole career but especially here um uh, with the IndyCar and, and then now the opportunity to do the the uh, the F1 um situation but um okay so you rent go-karts so then you said when you were 14 yes you went to the f i i um so when i was like 15 i yeah. did actually so at 12 13 years old i did a bandoleros and i did some legends yeah we'll talk about that in a minute right. i was yeah, kind of right. trying to to keep it on the f yeah. um yeah so when i was 14 i actually went to england and um i i did a championship called janetta junior uh janetta junior category which which is kind of like a, a small gt car um oh, okay Okay. I did a couple races of that. Uh, we ended up not doing really the full championship, just a couple races. So I can see because I had never raced really in Europe except for that time. Because uh, normally you do karting in Europe and things like this. You were this. one for one. Yeah. Going so, into that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, like perfect record. It's a completely different uh, mentality from uh, from America to Europe. So uh, I got to see how it was um, to, to get, try and get used to it. Um, Talk about the difference in the mentality. For a moment. I would say that America, I think, uh, when, when like, I go to IndyCar paddock, um, it's all open. Like, I think everyone, like, everyone there looks like they're friends uh, outside of the track and okay. things like this. They get along outside of the track, and they respect each other uh, in track. Uh, but when you go to Europe, you don't have too much of that. Um, <laughs> so it, it's uh, a little it's more a bit, serious. And <laughs> yeah, it's a bit... Um, I don't know. It's it's different. It's uh, more like more cold, let's say, and you're more on your own, you know, and you just have to survive. Not as much camaraderie going on over there. <laughs> no, not it's as much. Doing their own thing. Yeah. Okay, so you you go over and run, and run the the GT car. What was that like for you at that age to be? I mean, obviously you went over there at five, and, and I mean, as much as a five year old can sort of take it all in. Now you're much older. You're going over there and you're racing in in, in that series. What was it like for you to be in Europe racing? I mean, that just had to be quite a change for you, yeah, for aside me, from the atmosphere. For me, I, I mean, I was just for, for the opportunity to be able to go to Europe and and uh, have a, just to see how the racing there is for me was, was really a great honor and a great opportunity for me. And I did the most with that that I had with those races. Um, I really enjoyed that. Those cars were really fun. <laughs> just one problem was like... You know, on a um, th these cars, they had the front bumper, and if you just tap someone, it breaks very easily oh. and it comes off. So we should have those here. So for like fifteen-year-olds <laughs> on the track going crazy, like every race weekend, the, the three, four front bumpers completely gone, and it would be like a fortune. One bumper would cost so much money. So wow. Uh, it was really difficult uh, to really control yourselves when you're racing the GT cars, but. I, when you get to up to formula cars, you have more respect since it's open wheel, um, and it's a lot more difficult. Uh, 
And it crash. was from there that you actually moved to the F4, yes? Yeah, so there, I, England, I stayed about like four months. And then I got invited to do a test with um, Ferrari in Maranello. Um, they invited me to try the, the to do a test at the academy. So they invited six drivers from all around the world, New Zealand, Australia, China. Wow. And uh, basically the six best drivers in, in the junior series. And... Um, yeah, I went there. I did the test. It was three days of, of uh, evaluation. And we're gonna we're gonna do. I'm gonna do my best imitation of American Idol here. The rest of this story and more coming up right after the break. You're. <laughs> this is Motorsports Madness by Race Chaser Radio. We're gonna be right back in just a moment with more with Enzo Fittipaldi. Don't go anywhere. I promise you, the story ends well. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. 
Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Ben Rhodes bringing us back, and if we're, we're still waiting on an announcement from Ben about uh, his status for 2019, hoping that he is back with Thor Sport Racing. We've heard nothing to the contrary, so we're going to take the no news is good news theory and hope to see Ben back in the truck series when uh, Daytona rolls around in a few weeks. And we are sitting in the Race Chaser Race City USA studios right now. This is Motorsports Madness. Tom Baker with you, uh, along with Randy Miller and Chris Murdoch over there in the tech shed, punching all the right buttons. We've got Enzo Fittipaldi with us. And, of course, <laughs> I pulled my best Ryan Seacrest, despite the fact I have no hair, um, before the break, and, and you left off right in the middle of your evaluation with Ferrari. Ta- tell us how that went. No, so, yeah, they, they invited me to, to do an evaluation of three days. Um, the first day was uh, basically a physical training. To, they would do tests, check your heart rate, um, how you are with running, your cardio, um, so everything like this to check if you're physically prepared. Um, it was six drivers all, all doing in the same room. And uh, for me, it was like, it was it was crazy for me because like when I went when I went there when I was five years old, I had passed by Ferrari to see like, uh, you know, you go as a tourist um, yeah. to see the whole because there is like uh, is everything Ferrari everywhere. There's the whole factory. There's Fiorano, which How is a Ferrari track. How amazing was that for you? At that so age? for me, it was a big uh, like I was shocked really because I couldn't believe I it. I was I was there to actually drive on the track on the third day. And, um, yeah, I was just extremely happy and enjoying every moment of it. Um, so, yeah, we did the physical training in the first day. Then the second day we did uh, mental training, uh, basically like reaction time test, coordination. Okay. Check all of that because, um, in the f- well, in racing you, you use a lot of this. Oh, um, absolutely. And uh, then as well we did simulator on that day. So uh, about six hours of simulator um, to see – uh, how to get to know the track, to get to know the gears, um, late apex, uh, to know you know get to know the track before you go and hop in the car on the third day. Uh, then on the the third day uh, we went to Fiorano. Um, it was a Formula Four car uh, I was testing, and uh, there was three cars and six drivers. So we would, I would share a car with another driver, and. Um, yeah, just first time going. Um, the seat wasn't. It was like for me, it was the first time really in a formula car. Sure. So it was kind of already the other drivers had already come in from a bit of experience because they had already been racing in Europe with with the Cardi and they've done some tests with Formula. And for me, it was like uh, new because you know it's all that downforce that you have on the was car. Was it intimidating at all? I mean, I mean, for me, I. I I think like the, the outlap, I was like intimidating, but like in a good way. Like okay. wow, like this is is much faster than what I was driving before. <laughs> now a little faster than touring car. Now let's put this downforce to good use. And um, <laughs> no, it was it was amazing. And um, uh, those were the first time I I, re- I really drove around Fiorano, and we ended up driving the whole day. And um, after the evaluation, I ended up going very fast. Uh, at the track and uh do you remember how fast you went 
Uh, lap time wise? Yeah, I mean like a think, mile an hour kind of. Ah, uh, miles an hour down the straight we go like one sixty. That's respectable. Something like that, yeah. Wow. Um, but it's a it's a small track, Fiorano, since it's the like the track that for but that used makes one sixty even more remarkable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. small. Um, but yeah, it was was great opportunity, and uh, two weeks after the evaluation, um, I got I was actually there in Maranello, and the the Ferrari uh, boss uh, from FDA uh, named Massimo Rivola came up to me and said, uh, "Welcome to the family." Uh, so for me, it was wow. Well, I was shocked. I was like, I didn't know really what was going on, and and from then on, really, I, I moved to Maranello, and I've been living there. I race. I started racing with Prema uh, in Formula Four, and yeah, it's for me. It's an honor to be part of the driver Ferrari Driver Academy, and uh, now it's like a family for me. So I'm learning as much as possible there, and uh, yeah, it's going great. I can imagine what a remarkable moment that must have been when they said welcome to the family. Yeah, that was for me. Uh, really, like I, I teared up a lot. I was crying. I bet it was you very did. emotional yeah. time for. Especially for all my all my family as well, because I always dreamed from when I was a child. Like I think my, always, I think everyone's dream team, I think for, would be Ferrari and things like this. And for me, it was always since I was small, it was always my dream, and I couldn't really believe it that I was part of. I was able to get in the junior team, and um, yeah. So <laughs> I hope that's amazing. To continue now. It, it this is probably a good point to stop and transition a little bit because you've you've told us now kind of where you started and what some of your early accomplishments were we'll get to the bandolero legends um part in a minute but um now you're in f4 at what point did your grandfather begin or how much influence i'm sure he it has to be he has to have been a tremendous influence for you at what point did your grandfather begin to, to be a part of what you were doing or or talk about that relationship and how that works for you? Well, I have a uh, an amazing relationship with uh, with my grandfather. Um, he always calls me before before my races uh, to let me know, um, you know, gives me tips on, on what I should Driver do. Driver coaching. Yeah, yeah, basically. From a legend. Basically, the way he used to prepare before the races um, – he used to do like meditation, uh, visualization. Really? So I, I took some of those things in from him, and I've been using it uh, as well. And in, into my like pre-qualifying visualization, meditation really helps to to get your mind into really switch your switch yep. it on, you know, before you jump yep. in the car, so you're really in the zone. And um, no, I speak. I'm always speaking to my grandfather. Um, unfortunately, since the races are in Europe. He's living in Florida, and he's he's uh, very busy now, and he wasn't able to come uh, really to. He came to Italy, but it wasn't when there was a race. But I think uh, next year he'll or this year he'll come to watch some races. Awesome. Well, that so. I imagine that'll be great for you. Um, I remember your grandfather, um, and I wanted to tell this story because I, I it's it's just something that's left an indelible impression on me back in my very early days of doing media, this is probably late 80s, early 90s, 1980s, early 1990s, um, I was still up in New York State, and at up in Syracuse, New York, um, they we have a 
is the New York State Fair. And as part of the fair, they had um, a promotion with Marlboro. Um, and it was a little Marlboro Grand Prix track that they set up. They had a little open-wheel car, and you got in, and you could do time trials. It wasn't a race. You just do laps. And, you know, they gave away prizes for the fastest of the day or the week or whatever, and they had a media day. So I went up, was invited to the media day, and I went up, and the media got to compete against each other. And so went up there, and I ended up setting fast time for the media, which is not the story. The story is that the driver who set fast time, the grand prize, other than a jacket, the grand prize was got to sit down and, and interview with interview with with Emerson, who was there as part of the promotion. And um, I sat down and I think that, as I recall it, the interview was only supposed to be about 10 minutes or so. We sat in a couple of chairs. It was the most relaxed interview I'd ever done. It was he gave me about 45 minutes and could not have been a nicer, more you know, forthcoming gentleman about, you know, explaining his career and talking about things. It was one of the most amazing hours of my entire 51 years on this planet. And I, I walked away from that number one, realizing the opportunity I just had, but number two, just feeling just so amazed to that here, here is this motorsports legend already and I had the chance to do that he just couldn't have been nicer and it really left an impression on me about this is how you're supposed to do it with the media he just couldn't have been um and so when when, to be able to talk to you and I and I've um I haven't seen Pietro in forever um probably wouldn't remember me at all but back when you guys were racing the Bandoleros Legends car was the last time I had the chance to to see and of course you were much smaller but right away, it was very obvious that the values and, and the, the character um, were there and the, the personality were there even, you know, when, when Pietro was younger. And um, that had to be an interesting time for you to go from the go-karts to Bandoleros on an oval track and then a couple times in the Legends carts. And again, we got about a minute and a half here. But can you just kind of sum that up and what that was like, that transition in racing at Charlotte Motor Speedway? No, I think it'll be definitely something... Um... I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life an experience I'll definitely hold on to uh, for for a long time. And um, no, I, I raced the Bandoleros. I won the Winter Series Championship in the the Bandoleros at uh, that road course in Charlotte. And then I did the Legend cars and and really driving in ovals. Um, it's not just turning left. It's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot that goes into. Oh yeah. It. And I'm, a lot of people don't know this, but especially where I, when Europe. They think it's not that difficult, you know, but I, since I have the experience of yeah. driving a little bit, I can tell them that it's much more difficult than what you think. Legends cars yeah. are really hard. You got a lot, a lot of horsepower to weight ratio and, and you got a street tire, so there's no grip. Yeah, so it's very, I remember driving those cars and the times are so close that thousands oh, yeah. count, <laughs> I remember. Especially the, the short shootout. ovals, yeah. Yep. So, that had to be a great experience for you. Um, for me, having the experience to drive in the ovals uh, was something great for me. So We're going to continue with more of Enzo Fittipaldi and more motorsports madness as we come back around the turn. Our show is sponsored by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. Go visit them on their website, take the free career evaluation, and we shall be right back. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. 
bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, presented by mycomputercareer.edu and also our friends at hmsmotorsport.com, the leaders in motorsports safety. If you are a racer of any type and you need safety gear or you own a race team and you want to know about the proper way to install gear, whether it's seats or whatever it may be, fire systems, um, just go to hmsmotorsport.com and contact them. They are not only obviously retailers of some of the world's top brands, but they are experts in the field of safety as well. They've helped a lot of the organizations in motorsports write a lot of the safety specifications and such. So hmsmotorsport.com. No S on the end of motorsports. It's motorsport, hmsmotorsport.com. So more with Motorsports Madness here from the Race City USA Race Chaser Studios in Mooresville, North Carolina. Tom Baker with you. We've got Randy Miller and Chris Murdoch over on the other side, keeping us on the air and talking with young Enzo Fittipaldi, who is 17 years of age, and Enzo, um, making his way now in Italy, you won this year the championship in the F4 series. 
again, for those in our audience who may not be familiar with that particular ladder, um, can you talk a little bit about F4? How does that relate to F1? I'm assuming that that's sort of like one of the first steps. If we were comparing it to IndyCar, it would be one of the first steps on the road to Indy up, up that career path. Is this similar to F1? Yeah, it's similar, much similar. Um, of course, there's Formula 4, Formula 3, Formula 2, then Formula 1. Formula 1. one. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a ladder. Uh, I think that, that every driver tries to, to do the same path. Um, but um, basically, the, the, the Formula 4 compared to Formula 1, uh, it's, uh, it's a much lighter car which, with a lot less horsepower. It's about 180 horsepower. Okay car and um a lot less downforce as well uh than a formula one car of course and uh yeah the aerodynamics it's basically if the formula four is a car to really just to learn um as much as possible uh when you're in the early stages of starting uh your career uh then as you go up the more downforce you get and the more power i think it's the same thing with nascar the bigger the car gets and the more horsepower so yeah and so what um what type of, I mean, obviously, I think mostly road courses, right, or pretty much all road courses in that series? Yeah, yeah. All, all road courses. Uh, we raced in Formula 4 this year. I raced in all of Europe, basically. Okay. Um, Are there any street courses, or do we just do road courses? So the Formula 4, there's no street circuits. Okay. But um, when you step up to Formula 3, uh, the, there is street circuits. Uh, there's, you, can, you do Monaco, Pole, which is oh, a— Oh, Wow. Pole, which is a track in uh, France. Yeah. Uh, it's a street circuit as well. And Macau, which is um, uh, a track in, in Asia, which is uh, an amazing street circuit there. Um, yeah, and as you go up, uh, you get to do more tracks and more street circuits as well. Of course, this is obviously preparing you to eventually go to F1. Yeah. And um, as you got into the F4 series, transitioning out of the touring cars yes yeah yeah um talk a little bit about what that was like because i at that point it would seem to me that as a driver who's trying to get to formula one when you go from the touring car to f4 there's a moment in there where it's oh my goodness this is getting real now you know we're not doing a touring car anymore this is we're we're starting in the real thing. Yeah, I think uh, from from when I moved from that the Geneta Championship that I did, which is a stock car, um, to a Formula car, which for me was as well. Um, I think mentally, uh, you you have to prepare differently a bit with the Formula cars. Um, it's a it's a lot more more preparation that goes behind this as well. Training almost every day, uh, five to six times a week of training. Um, FDA helps me with this. They give me all the support inside and outside of the track. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, everything that that you can do to prepare before the races and things like this. And and yeah, when I stepped up to to Formula uh, cars, it was um, I said, okay, this is this is what I've always wanted to do. Um, and now it's time to pursue my career and uh, enjoy it and uh, do my best and try and reach the goal of one day as well, making it to formula one and my dream of one day being a formula one world champion. Well, it, it would seem that you've hit 
that point. It, it, again, it's having that moment of realizing I'm on the path. It seems that you've hit that point now where um, you can see it from here, right? I mean, and, and obviously being in the Ferrari organization, you can almost see it from here. What is it like for you? It, it has to be just almost surreal at this point in your life to be able to realize that, okay, I've got a couple more levels to go, but I can get there. I can do this. Yeah, I think this is really the moment, um, the next two years, uh, next three years in in my racing career where you really will know if, if you'll, you'll make it there or not. Um, Pressure goes up a little yeah, bit, so right? You yeah. see, like, Formula 3 drivers, um, I have uh, Mick Schumacher, which yeah. is in very actually, talented young very, very, racer. very good driver. Yeah. Um, he won the F3 championship this mm-hmm. year, and he races actually in the same team as I do, Prema. Yep. And seeing him as well move up the ladder uh, and other drivers go from straight from Formula 3, Formula 2 to Formula 1 in only two years has given me, I think gives as well a lot of the junior drivers that are in smaller categories a lot of mo- motivation to push harder and to try and reach uh, – the, their dream as one day being a Formula One driver. I think all of us, for many reasons, are really pulling for Mick Schumacher to, to make it and, and to get there. I think, you know, we all want to see him be able to follow in his father's footsteps. Um, again, just uh, it, it, a tremendous racing legend, and, you know, we pray for him every day. And, and and it's great to see Mick doing that. And, and then you again, but you're here and you're kind of, now you're seeing some of that. And at, at what point do you start to look and say, how fast can I get there? Is there sort of a, is there a set path for you now? You're going to spend a year or two years here, a year or two years here. Is it kind of laid out for you? Or, because I know you're going to Formula 3 this year. You've been two years and have four. Now you're going to have three. I think, um, of course, I put uh, pressure on myself, but good pressure. Right. Um, I don't really feel much pressure from the people around me. I just push that's myself good. because... I think that's I mean, what we all wonder about watching from a distance. This, for me, is it's not a job. It's uh, more something uh, fun. It's Your something passion. I love to do. So, for me, I, I enjoy it every day. And, uh, no, I, I mean, there's no, there's no rush, uh, step by step. I learn as much as possible. I want to prepare myself as much as possible uh, before hopefully arriving uh, before arriving to Formula One and and just get as ready and learn as much as possible every day. Try and learn something new. And yeah, step by step is the way. You talk about you talked earlier about the fact that you're going to get to race Monaco for the first time this year. Um, I think all of us in America, for us, Memorial Day Sunday is. Motorsports Christmas, you know, we we focus so much on, you know, we have breakfast with Monaco, we have lunch with Indy, and then we have dinner with uh, with Charlotte with with the uh, Coke Zero Six Hundred. What is it like for you to be even able to process the fact that you're going to be racing in a circuit like that, given that you you've probably grown up focusing more on that than about anything else, right? Because I'm sure that this has been the goal for you for a while, probably, right, F1? Um, so what's it like to realize I'm going to get a chance to go race Monaco this year? Well, actually, um, this year we don't race Monaco. Oh, okay. Um, it's actually Formula 2 they race in Monaco. Ah, okay. And then last year they did Formula Renault, 
which is kind of like a Formula right. 4 championship. Okay. We'll race okay. in Monaco. Um, but maybe next, when I reach Formula 2, we'll race in Monaco. Okay. We'll race Go in back Monaco. to Monaco. Okay. I was thinking you said it was... No, yeah. I think, like, Monaco, I think, is, is, is a dream as well for to drive. Such a know. beautiful circuit. Yeah. I want to see how... What I've always wanted to see is uh, an experience is is how how in the zone you can get in the street circuits, how focused and how you know you re- you really have to be when you're driving in tight. And one mistake and you're in the wall. Yeah. So wow, I really want to experience that. Not as much room on the not street, as, right? Definitely so less margin for error, right? A lot you still got the speed. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, as well, racing there must be amazing. Um, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. What is the training like for you now? What is the training regimen? The training now, so I'll be going back Saturday. Um, where is back? Where are you going back to? I go back to Maranello in oh, okay. Italy. Okay. Uh, that's where I'm based okay. uh, currently. Uh, I've been living there already for the past two years. I just come to North Carolina because uh, I used to live here, and uh-huh. my family still comes here for the holidays. And I really enjoy it here because – Everyone's about racing as well, but <laughs> yes, they are. And uh, you know, you keep that racing environment. Sure. And I, I enjoy it here a lot, and it's very, very nice and calm and peaceful. So it's very good to come for holidays. Um, yeah, I go back, and we start already with uh, basically a training camp in yep. Swit in Livigno, which I believe is in Switzerland or in Italy. It's a training camp in the Alps, uh, which we'll be doing. Wow. Um, ski- well. We'll do cross-country skiing, which is not downhill skiing, but right. the one that's flat. Right. And you do like 10 kilometers, endurance. things like this. And endurance. Yeah. All about endurance. Snowshoe walks. So we're going to climb up the mountain. And I think it's the best training because you go high altitude, very difficult to breathe. And to prepare for the season is, is great training. And um, basically day, day-to-day training when I'm in Maranello, like middle of the season, let's say on a Monday, we get a weekly schedule. Okay. So from Monday to Friday. Um, so basically Monday, I have my, my block, I, uh, orange, you have your blocks and maybe I have to do two hours in the morning from nine, from eight thirty to, to 12 of physical training. Okay. And then from two to six simulator, then from six to seven mental training. So it's a really busy day. It's a whole day. Yeah. Wow. And as well, like we do three to four times a week as well with Italian lessons, because uh, Ferrari uh, Driver Academy want you to learn Italian, yep. uh, and I've I've really picked up the Italian the past two years since since I'm Brazilian and Portuguese is a, a Latin language as well as Italian, so I picked it up quite easily. But well, this has yeah. been so much fun, uh, and we need to hand you a sharpie because you are going to be the first uh, F4 driver to sign the Wall of Fame. So wherever perfect. you'd like to sign it, um, you could go over there, or that's fine. You could. On to the right there. And again, those of you listening to the show um, now, oh, he's going to pick the space between two signatures or you can. Uh, OK, right here. Go ahead. Good. Yeah. Just yeah. Make it fit there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this fancy E Fittipaldi. OK, um, if you want to follow Enzo on Instagram, it's Enzo Fitti, F-I-T-T-I. Um, and. Tell us about the other social medias and website if you have one. I have um, so I have basically all the 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 social media platforms. I have Facebook page, uh, which is Enzo Fittipaldi. That's all right. You're good. Just yep. keep talking. And then I have the Twitter page. Uh, my name Enzo Fittipaldi, and then Instagram, which is Enzo Fitti, or you can also find me Enzo Fittipaldi. But 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we have had a blast. This has been so much fun. Thanks for – I know you've only got a short time here before you leave in a couple of days. Thanks for taking the time to no, – Thank you. And uh, look forward to following you through the season. And hopefully when you come back next time, just let me know you're back. We'll do I this will. again. I will, and definitely. With Pietro. That's That would be <laughs> awesome. Yeah, there he Good. goes. Uh, that's Enzo Fittipaldi. And we're going to come back around the turn as we begin to finish up our Motor, Motorsports Madness show for tonight. Stick around. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Motorsports sales professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. You are a waste. A loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Hi, I'm Tyler Reddick, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness, and we are nearing the conclusion this evening, and certainly has been a fun show. Tom Baker with you, and we've got Randy Miller over on the other side of the glass, and uh, Randy's handling all the audio production. We got, uh, Chris Murdoch doing all the video production, Randy, um, really, a, a different kind of a show tonight, just to sit down and really dig deep with a couple of, uh, I think 
some of the brightest young stars in the sport, Max McLaughlin and, and, and then Enzo Fittipaldi. Just uh, really good to, to see these two youngsters have such great opportunities and be doing so well. Yeah, it's always great to get like a different perspective from somebody because we always talk about NASCAR all the time, but it's good to get somebody in another, from another former race into coming here because their perspective and their outlook on things is so much different than, you know, yeah, it really is. It's uh, and again, you know, two different sides of the coin. With Max uh, headed for the K and N Pro Series East this year, along with still doing some Super Dirt Car Big Block races, and of course Enzo moving from Italian F four, where he is the reigning champion, but will not defend because he's moving up that that ladder. Uh, to F3 this year and certainly wishing him all kinds of success. Of course, his older brother Pietro is now the test driver for the Haas uh, Formula One team. And that's just amazing to me, um, having known both of these youngsters since they were little racing bandoleros and legends to see the opportunities that they've got is just fantastic and um, wishing them both all the success in the world this year in their respective series and just fun kind of to step back and get away from necessarily the news of the day and just uh, hear from a couple of the future stars of the sport in a bit of a different light here and uh, excited about the future. We've got uh, much more planned for next Thursday's show and we're excited about that already. That'll be coming up uh, just one week from tonight, we uh, kind of throw the checkered flag and close it up here on Motorsports Madness, presented by My Computer Career. You've been listening to Motorsports Madness with the Race Chaser Online crew. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com a member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.